smartcast you are listening to a mint production brought to you by hd smartcast hello and welcome to mint i am nasreen sultana i am an assistant editor at mint i keep a close track of all that is happening in the world of stock markets you are listening to all things markets where i speak to experts analyzing the big trends moving the stock markets the indian budget for fy22 marks a clear change in the government stance from being fiscal conservative to growth focused higher expenditure is geared towards capex while the government seems committed to reforms like strategic divestment including in psu banks higher fdi in insurance companies and most importantly new asset reconstruction companies for bad loan cleanup now the question is will the recovery get a further push by this provisions in budget or what does the budget hold for banks and financial sector to understand that i'm joined by avnish sukija senior financial analyst at bnb pariba hi avnish welcome to the show Hi Nasreen, thanks for having me here. A very good morning to you and all your listeners. Good morning. So Avnish, uh, we are just out of the budget announcements. A lot of things and data to actually look at. But uh, from the financial sector, there were a uh, few key announcements made by the finance minister for FY22. So what, according to you, will make difference to the sector now? Actually, yeah. Uh, quite a few uh, announcements that came through uh, were positive for financial sector overall the budget i would think uh, is is a big positive the finance minister has focused essentially on uh, four parameters liquidity balance sheet repair growth and also efficiency improving efficiency in the system uh, within these four parameters they've introduced several uh, measures so for instance for liquidity it's a recap plus fdi and life insurance for balance sheet repair they've been talking about um, asset monetization program asset reconstruction companies which would essentially mean uh, transferring toxic assets from uh, public sector banks or banks balance sheet uh, to uh, a holding company uh, with regards to growth the capex announcements that they've done the infrastructure spend that they've outlined should lead to not one or two years in my view it could be a 3 to 5 year uh, uh, medium to high growth phase and lastly with respect to efficiency uh, they've spoken about privatizing two public sector banks so that uh, essentially will bring in more efficiency in the system so overall uh, a good good set of uh, measures but capex that she has a, a kind of uh, outlaid is around uh, 5.5 trillion for FY22, much higher, around 27% higher uh, than uh, FY21. According to you, how will a government kind of arrange that much of money? Uh, considering FY21 was not a great year for obvious reasons, uh, but will there be a bit of struggle? So the government has uh, indicated that uh, most of the funding would be through borrowings, right? Uh, and uh, that's one of the reasons why you actually see the fiscal deficit numbers also uh, mm. being elevated for the next couple of years not just for FY21 even for FY22 right. and the guide path is gradual and not steep um so that's 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 where the funding is going to come from 
and uh, essentially uh, the intent is uh, uh, going for growth at the cost of uh, balance sheet she has proposed for an arc and an amc to manage the toxic assets uh, we don't have much details uh, around those two entities but do you think this will kind of solve the uh, bad loans that the system has been actually tackling even before covid yeah so uh, with respect to bad loans uh, i think the government tried the recap mode wherein they uh, kept on re- recapitalizing public sector banks for a few years now and hope that uh, at some point efficiency will come in and balance sheet will start to improve but that method has not really worked in the last 3 or 4 years uh, given all of that and keeping all of that in mind uh, i think this is a better way essentially what you're doing is first you are cleaning up the balance sheets of public sector banks once you do that then you know you could attract investors Uh, which would probably lead to further improvement in balance sheet if the capital ratio improve and then if you introduce uh, governance measures with respect to uh, say asset quality or uh, growth or even uh, you know incentive programs for employees or uh, through digitization if you can uh, ensure that the monitoring uh, is uh, uh, comparable if if not right up there with private banks but at least close to how private banks be uh, that i think should definitely help in uh, improving the whole uh, uh, public sector bank balance sheet right uh, there was also a 20000 crore uh, recap plan that she has proposed uh, you think this 20000 crore would be enough to kind of tackle the issues most of the psus are uh, battling and uh, there was a morat like we had discussed in our last conversation Uh, that will also probably spring up uh, in the next quarter do you think uh, the recap am- amount is enough no 200 billion is uh, not not enough given uh, the total quantum of stress loans or exposure to stress assets uh, overall public sector banks have hmm. it's low uh, in our view i think it's just there to ensure that uh, a few public sector banks if they are struggling so you have some amount of uh, liquidity uh, out there to ensure there is no systemic risk but uh, if you look at uh, the top six apart so sbi has about 25% market share and then uh, uh, public sector then the next six banks which is pnb bob bank of uh, canara bank and indian bank and others uh they would have uh, almost 85% of the residual public sector banks market share so these six banks would not really need uh, a lot of capital this capital in our view would be reserved for the other tier 2 psps which in an event in a liquidity event you would have uh, this kind of capital ready for them just to okay. avoid systemic risk i think that's the thought process all right but of course we have not very sure the government has not mentioned the banks that would get this a part of exactly so they'll keep it flexible another big focus that she had during the entire uh, budget speech was the uh, infrastructure lending uh, and there's a lot of money that will be routed through infra lending but that is also one sector which has been struggling with the loans defaults and one of the key reasons why these banks are are sitting with bad loans in their books now again we are kind of ballooning that amount probably 
So do you think, the, you know, they would, she also suggested a DFI, uh, which will kind of tackle this entire situation and our money and kind of root them, which, which uh, project to be funded. How do you see this uh, announcement and how do you see this arrangement by the government? Will it actually increase the capex and the infrastructure in the country? Yeah. Uh, okay. So with respect to capex and, you know, the infrastructure problem that the country has been facing, so there are two issues. One, if you look at the capex cycle of India, for the last five or seven years, we've actually struggled. And that's primarily because of multiple reasons. You had uh, volatility in interest rates, you had uh, regulatory issues, you had highly levered balance sheets. But now at this point, if you look at it, it's it's the most conducive uh, scenario for uh, you know uh, getting the capex cycle back. So you have low interest rates. Uh, you mentioned that leverage position of a few infrastructure companies is still high. But uh, if you look at the large players, uh, their leverage position has improved significantly in the last four or five years. So the lead, uh, the leverage position of the top four or five players has improved. Interest rates is uh, probably at, it is at all-time low. Um, plus uh, regulations are also uh, quite supportive uh, across India for a capex cycle uptake. Now, what was missing in the whole scenario was a catalyst. So uh, what the government has done in this budget is uh, provided that catalyst uh, to the whole uh, sector and economy. So they've uh, increased the uh, CapEx outlay for FY22, like you mentioned, from 4.4 trillion to 5.5 trillion. That's north of 2.5% of GDP. That's probably the highest, one of the highest numbers uh, we've seen in the last 15, 20 years. Uh, second is, uh, you know, with the announcement of DFI that you mentioned, they've also um, laid out a plan, not for this year, but next three or five years, wherein there will be continuous investment going into uh, various infrastructure projects across the country. Uh, and hence, you know, when we say that it's a positive, not for one year, but it's actually a three to five year budget, it's primarily because of, uh, uh, you know, the focus on the next three or five years or ensuring that there are uh, uh, levers that will continue to uh, lead to higher growth for next three or five years. Uh, one last bit I wanted to mention over here is uh, if you look at the GDP multiplier uh, for uh, infra spend, so every you know rupee that they spend in infra will have a GDP multiplier of uh, 1.5 or 2, depending on which segment that they're spending. Uh, so that also would lead to higher GDP growth. FY21, uh, there was uh, private capex was almost nil. Uh, government had started spending after September. Uh, that also had an impact on the balance sheet of a lot of uh, banks and uh, the large corporates. Uh, but uh, now, since FY22, we are gearing up, gearing up for more money spent by the government. Do you think that will have a uh, positive impact on the private spending as well. Uh, now, after pandemic and after the lockdown, many of these uh, corporates had kind of tightened their uh, purse strings, not spending on employee cost, travels, and other such uh, uh, heads where spending was not required during the lockdown. But that is going to probably increase and may impact the margins. But also at the same time, you think they're going to pro probably spend more now in uh, 22? Yeah, definitely. So what does, uh, you know, CapEx do, especially uh, focused on, say, building roads or power plants 
or uh, railways. Uh, so essentially, um, uh, what uh, it it actually boosts consumption demand. So uh, your demand for tractors or four wheelers or two wheelers go up. Your job opportunities go up. So essentially, you land up spending more. You earn whatever you earn, you spend. So you have more consumption. And if mm-hmm. if a private industry is seeing that kind of uh, uptick. Um, be it an auto, be it in cement, be it in steel, uh, be it even in uh, uh, you know telecom or uh, uh, even I, I actually think FMCG also to a certain extent will benefit um, uh, in the longer term. All right, uh, Avnish, moving on from the budget to the actual uh, earnings that we are in the middle of. A uh, few banks, large banks, have already announced their Q3 numbers, and largely they look uh, better than expected. Uh, but according to the RBI, FSR, and the RBI, a lot of uh, instances where RBI has mentioned about the asset quality, there is a bit of mismatch. And it's a bit of contrasting views between the central banks and the banks themselves or the rating agencies. Do you think that it is contrasting or you don't, or you disagree to that? I think uh, RBI has been conservative in um, forecasting asset quality. Uh, also, mm-hmm. note, you know, when RBI made those, uh, uh, so there's a lag. So when RBI came up with that projection versus uh, when the banks are coming up with that projection. So RBI came up a month back, almost a month back or more. Uh, whereas mm-hmm. uh, if you see the uptick that has come through on, on the ground takeaways or on the ground data points in terms of real estate uptick, in terms of improvement in MSME, SME portfolio, uh, auto sector, which uh, wherein even yesterday when you saw the volume numbers came out, they were pretty good. Uh, mm. Your commercial vehicle segment has also started improving, which was uh, a bit stressed. Personal loans, mm. uh, which was the most one of the most stressed portfolio in the banking mm. sector, unsecured personal loans, uh, mm. wherein people expected uh, more ad to be around 30 to 40 percent. This is back in September, October. Right now, uh, people are talking about a restructured book of 2-3% in this segment. If you look at the overall restructured numbers uh, or book numbers, it's not more than, uh, it's around 100 basis points for large banks. Uh, mm-hmm. When you keep all of that in mind, plus uh, uh, the sentiment. Uh, uh, so I've been doing this on the road for the last five years and nice. uh, uh, essentially talking to various industry participants across India. And this time when I spoke to them in the first week of January, uh, not one participant said anything negative or raised any red flag. So okay. the se- sentiment is so positive and it's not, uh, it's backed by uh, your volume of take. It's backed by the number of inquiries that they're getting. And also it's backed by the improving balance sheet. An example of one of the private regional heads that I spoke to uh, in East India uh, he mentioned that uh, he caters to about 1,100 accounts, and out of which only one account will probably slip. So that's the kind of improvement that you're seeing, and it's it's pretty fast. So I'm sure you know on Friday when RBI comes out with their policy, uh, mm-hmm. they will talk about uh, asset quality, and uh, uh, I'm guessing uh, they'll revise, or at least uh, the commentary would be positive. Okay, so I have time for one last question, and that, of course, is on the policy expectation. Uh, you think RBI is going to tinker with the stance or with the interest rates? Uh, because, uh, like we, like we all know, that the lower interest rates has 
definitely benefited the corporate lending scenario. What do you think? What will be the RBI stance? If you look at RBI, right, in last, uh, especially the current governor, uh, the focus primarily is uh, ensuring there's enough liquidity and also ensuring, uh, um, you know, growth comes back and there's no systemic risk. So these are the three criteria that he's looked at in the last one, one and a half year since he, one and a half year since he's been around. Um, I don't think he'll uh, move away uh, from that. Uh, so in the current policy, I do expect him, uh, I don't, I mean, expectation is actually of an interest rate cut. I'm not sure if it will come through, but I do mm-hmm. expect his commentary uh, to be uh, supportive of what the government is actually talking. So that's one change that we've seen in RBI in the last one and a half year, that the government policies mm-hmm. and RBI, they're actually in sync. So if government is going for growth, yeah. I would expect mm-hmm. RBI also to go for uh, growth, which essentially means uh, they'll try and keep interest rates as low as possible. Okay. So in that context, you don't uh, uh, you don't expect the RBI to probably increase uh, if at all they were going to decrease. But as far as the stance go, do you think they are going to be more hawkish uh, in their uh, commentary? No, I don't think they're going to be hawkish in the commentary. Okay. All right, Avnish, on that note, thanks a lot for giving your time and also sharing your perspective on the budget. Uh, thanks again for joining us. Thanks, Maxine. Thanks for having me on the show. For feedback, you can write to me at nasreen.s at lifemint.com or you can reach out to me on Twitter at Nasreen Story. You can also reach out to us at HT Smartcast. We are present on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And to listen to more podcasts like this, you need to log on to www.htsmartcast.com. This was a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.